Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, welcome to the Five Yard IDP pod with me, Nate Davis. Today we'll be re- we will be reviewing week 14 and getting you ready for week 15. Hopefully you have all had a good week and made your fantasy playoffs um, and we are here with your IDP Week 15 starters. A good weekend of football, especially for the neutral, with some interesting players making headlines. Um, if you don't already, please tune into our flagship show, our dynasty show, college and DFS shows, as they will help you now and in the future bring in those ships. How are you, Mr. Veal? Good week? Yeah, very good. Um, I am properly over my little bout of COVID now and feeling a lot better. Um, had a much better fantasy weekend as well. So into the playoffs in both of our um, our main IDP leagues. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, in a week, week's time, if all goes according to plan in uh, round one in one of the leagues, then um, I meet you after your bye week, which, um, I could, yeah. I think the Ray yeah. Lewis, yeah. The Ray Lewis. Yeah. yeah. So, I could be, a, yeah, looking forward to that. So, but... Got to get through this week first. So, yeah, um, exactly, mate. Yeah, one uh, one week at a time. 
Okie dokie. Right. So I've got to do the bits that I've got to do. And that is about our sponsors. This pod and others we do are supported by Manscaped. And as I said, they are our sponsors. As you all know, Manscaped are the market leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. They've just released the Lawnmower 4.0, which is a fantastic bit of kit. Uh, one of the best things about it is the skin safe technology, uh, so you get no nicks on your bits. And you can receive 20% off with the, fo- with the code 5yard at manscaped.com. And it is really a game changer in that area, and you're missing out if you don't have one. As I said, you can get 20% off with the code 5yard at manscaped.com. There's also free worldwide shipping, so sort yourself out and get involved. Okie cokey. So. Um, just to let you all know before we carry on too far, too much further, this is going, this is being recorded on Wednesday. Um, and uh, as you will all know, the picture is changing by the minute uh, regarding injuries, COVID. I mean, so anything that we miss, don't shoot us. We're trying to keep up with it, but honestly, it's not easy. It's the not phones, easy. Yeah, they're like, it's just, just flashing. Stuff flashing up all the time at this moment in time. It's you know the poor old brains. I think I don't think they got anybody left. Um, but um, but yeah. Anyway, check on that game. Yeah, exactly. Right. Anyway, let's go. So, Bren, let's kick it off with yourself and the Thursday night game, which is the Chiefs at the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. So um, another big primetime game. They seem to be coming thick and fast at the moment. So, um, so yeah, uh, big Thursday night matchup in the AFC West. Uh, both teams coming off the back of uh, week 14 wins, um, keeping everything nice and tight at the top of the division. Um, Chiefs off the back of a, a comfortable 48-9 win over the Raiders, who pretty much gave up after the first turnover. Um, top performers for the Chiefs uh, the previous week. Um, a couple of players we probably almost certainly haven't mentioned before. Uh, corner Mike Hughes. don't think he's been on the uh, the radar much. Um, had a standout game of the season with 28 points. A couple of forced fumbles and, and that IDP um, touchdown as well. Uh, DL um, uh, Alex Koffor. Um, 16 points. Um, and then one of the usual suspects, the old honey badger, um, Tyron Matthew, um, yeah, had a, a sort of decent day at the office as well. 19 and a half points, including a pick and a forced, uh, fumble recovery. Um, Chargers, as I say, had a win as well. Um, bit of a tougher one, sort of, uh, 37-21 over the Giants on Sunday. Uh, their top performers, again, a couple of players who I don't think have cropped up, um, too much in previous weeks. Um, we've got corner Mike Davis, 20 and a half points, um, mainly off the back of um, passes defended, to be fair. And then also um, in the DL, Justin Jones um, went for 20 points, including a sack and a fumble recovery. Um, elsewhere, again, you know, top performers in the the, the linebacker call, the usual suspects, Joey Bosa, Xavier uh, White picked up 13 and a half, 12 and a half points, respectively. Um, in terms of the matchup this week, both QBs seem to be getting back into the groove again. Um, so I'd expect plenty of sort of passing plays from from both offenses. Uh, offenses. Uh, but bear in mind, uh, both Herbert and Mahomes are into double figures for picks this season. So you could potentially look at um, a couple of the DBs in this game. I've highlighted my cues uh, for Kansas, who's on waivers. Um, but at cornerbacks, all of Jarius Sneed is back. So this is, you know, this is the week... Um, 
you know, I, I mean, as I say, he's back this week. Um, he's got to be the pick at corner, to be honest, with his sort of tackle numbers. Um, Safety-wise, doing James, who's due back uh, for the Chargers this week. Um, he's over sort of 100 tackles on the season. Um, also, sticking with the Chargers, I'm going to sort of highlight their linebackers. Um, I know Nick Bolton for the Chiefs does get, you know, a lot of praise. Um but, you know, he's he's got sort of 88 tackles and, and no sacks on the season. However, for the Chargers, you've got the likes of Kazir White, um, who's up to 106 on the season. And then you've got Joey Bosa with eight and a half sacks. So, um, you know, with Bosa, you're banking on, and we've, we've done this before with, with sort of linebacker cores, um, you know, Bosa, you're banking on the big sack plays um, because his tackle numbers actually, by comparison, are, are pretty poor. Um, so... I think in a tough divisional clash like this, I'd be leaning towards White, you know, as, as being the preference, really. Um, if you're looking for any outside picks on the waivers this matchup, I might just lean towards uh, DL uh, Linval Joseph. Um, he's back off COVID protocol this week. Um, he's a top tackling DL, DL for the Chargers at the moment with 46 off 10 games, uh, which is also better than any of the stats on the Chiefs DL, to be honest. So, um Joseph might have a busy matchup. Um, there is a possibility the Chiefs will look to keep the ball on the ground a bit to, to really test this Chargers run defence, which, frankly, is still ranked 31st in the league. So um, there is a good chance that the, the front line for the, the Chargers could be busy. Um, in the game as a whole, I'm, I'm going to go for the Chargers this week. Um, I think Herbert is looking good again. Um, he got some good pass protection on Sunday albeit against the Giants, okay. But if they can repeat that, um, I think he could cause his Chiefs sort of pass defence some issues. Um, they're still ranked sort of 26th in the league you know, against the pass. So um, also, if it does turn into a bit of a shootout, you know, the Chargers still have a, a pass defence that's ranking in the top four. So I just, Herbert's looking good. I mean, some of those bombs he's pulled out in the last couple of weeks in, in sort of, you know, in important sort of situations. Um it could go either way, but I've, I've just got a feeling that the, the Chargers might take this one. Um, mm. could make things interesting, but I don't know what, uh, what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, my my thoughts are very much like when you mentioned about, uh, obviously, difference between, obviously, Bosa, people like, uh, and Kazir White and all them lot. It's just the difference between, obviously, Bosa plays off the edge. And, yeah, obviously, his sack numbers, his tackle numbers would never be anything like um, those of the, of the middle linebackers. But, Going on to, um, and you mentioned Nick Bolton. I, th- I think Nick Bolton's pretty much lost his job. Well, I'm not saying lost, lost his job. He's split in the, 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 the reps seem to really split now. It's straight down the middle with him and Willie Gay. Um, if anything, Willie Gay seems to be leading it. The For the game, oh, I don't know. I, I see, I've got, I've got, I've got the Chiefs winning it. And mainly because just think the Chiefs D is is really on fire at this moment in time. Chris Jones, Marvin Ingram are getting their pressures. Um, I know it would be a different kind of game this one. A lot does seem to hinge for me on on the fitness and the health of, of Eckler because if if the Chargers can't properly run the ball, I don't know what the status is currently of Keenan Allen as well. Not sure on that. Not sure whether he's in or whether he's out. It's, it's a funny one with him. Um, but again, if if those two if those two are, are, are not a hundred percent, I've got you've got for me I've I've got a side chief, especially with the D starting to fire 
because um, it was poor at the start of the year and now it, it looks all right. So yeah, that would be my call. But yeah, it, it's a tough, it's a tough one to call mine. Mm-hmm. So right, where am I? Saturday games we got, haven't we? We've got Saturday yeah, games. What is going on? What is going on? Tell us Christmas. Yep. Um, right. Okay. So I got I got the I got the Pats at the Colts. Um, so we'll start with the Pats. Uh, they're coming off a, a week fourteen bye week. Um, so I'll go into what the Pats did in week thirteen. In terrible conditions, they beat the Bills in probably what I would say would be their most important game of the season yet. Um, it wasn't a pretty, pretty, pretty game. Watching watching it back, it, it is uh, the. It was um, a Bill Belichick masterclass of doing what you need to do to get the job done and get the hell out of there. Um, but defensively, Matt Judon got himself another sack. He'd taken his total up to 12.5 on the season. Adrian Phillips scored well, but unfortunately, he's picked up a bit of a knee injury. So he's questionable at this moment in time for this week. Um, my man, Carl Duggar, he missed the game due to COVID, but he's available at this moment in time this week, unless he gets it again. Unbelievable, um, but it wasn't. It yeah, it wasn't a big. It wasn't a big week of IDP scoring for the Pats, who just like I said before, they just got the job done and they got out with a win. There wasn't many. There wasn't much score offensively, defensively. It was very much. Uh, uh, you know, I think they didn't they pass it something like three times or so. I can't remember what the actual stats were on the pass on the offense side of things, but it was it was it was due to the weather more than anything. Um, but this is a better IDP matchup for them. Um, and I expect an uptick on points, especially at the linebacker position, as the difference between the Bills and the Colts, the Bills, they're not running the ball. Um, and if they are, they're not running it very well. But the um, yeah, this would be different because this would be a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor. So expect that middle of the field to be absolutely flat out. Um, Flipping it over to the Colts, they're also coming off a week 14 bye. Um, so again, I'll talk about their week 13 performance, which was a shout-out win against the Texans. Al Mohammed top score with a couple of sacks, and the unknown Kiboko Ture also got two um, up front. So yeah, two are real, not, not the biggest names, doing all right there. Um, Kenny Moore had a great game with an interception and a forced fumble and continues to score well on the season. For me, in this week's matchup, I like the linebackers from the Colts as well. Um, I expect big scores from both Darius Leonard and Bobby Okereke. Um But for me, you everyone knows I'm high on the Pats, but this is a tough one and my game of the week. But I do feel that the Pats will win it. Um, and this is why. I just feel that they could they out of the two, I think they've got the chance to get the pressure on Wentz and to make that big turnover play, um, which I think that's the way it'll go. So for me, I would want Judon, Duggar, JC Jackson in my team. Um but for me on the Colts side, because I think the I think the Pats will be disciplined. Um I I would only go for mainly for the two linebackers for me on the on on this one. So Okariki and, and Leonard, you're not obviously not going to get them, but if you've got them, you've got to play them. Um, but yeah, the big play, the big play, I see it coming from the Pats. What's your thoughts on that, Bren? Yeah, um, I don't think this the, the Pats defense doesn't look like um, 
sort of rolling over anytime soon. They just seem to be, you know, just consistently good from week to week. I'm, I'm, it, it, I'm getting a little bit bored of talking about them. They're just good, really. <laughs> there's, there's not much else you can say about it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think they're, yeah, the, maybe, the I'm, maybe I'm slightly underplaying the Colts uh, pass game because Pittman played yeah. well the other week. Maybe it's a bit harsh on them to say they're sort of like a one-trick pony, but but they are heavily reliant on it. And I think if um, you know if, if the Pats defense can can disrupt that run game, which is easier said than done against sort of mm. JT, but um, um, yeah, the, the Colts passing game inconsistent. That would be my you know they don't yeah. I think they, they have been better, but they're quite capable of, especially against this defense, sort of struggling to, you know, to find it those. Is, it is a tough one to call because offensively, yeah. they the Pats will they'll run the hell out of the ball as well. But then you've got like the two tight end sets. You've got the it's just a, I don't know. I just feel I just feel for me that maybe the the Pats are just just edge it. Maybe we'll I, I, I think if yeah, I think if if it's if it goes true to form. Which, which is easier said than done this season, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with the I'd go with the Pats. Um, I think they're um, they're looking sort of cruising to the postseason now. But it, this game won't be it, it won't be a cruise. It won't be a walk in the park. But yeah, I think they've got they've got enough tools to to get the job done. Okay. So, well, you got what you're doing. You got got Vegas, Vegas at Cleveland, but you're skipping that one. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd, I'll explain. Yeah, I, I am skipping over it. Um, I will explain very briefly why. Nathan's already touched on the fact that the, the I mean, this game. All joking aside, we talked about it before we we came on air. Um, it may not happen with the, mm. the state that the Brownies are in at the moment, but. I was likely to, before all the news broke anyway, it was one I was going to sort of gloss over a little bit anyway. Um, the Browns have just, they worry me, they're inconsistent. Um, so that was one reason. And I've already touched on the Raiders. The Raiders have rolled over this season's done. You know, they're, they're not really going to offer anything. Um, They've been so through a lot. <laughs> they have. And I think, yeah, I, and I'm not I'm not belittling that. Um, it's a sh- it is a shame because I've always had a soft spot for the Raiders, um, as you well know. But what started out as a really promising season for them has just been completely derailed by the, you know, the whole you know, Grudon thing, and then, well, Henry Ruggs, and it's just, it's just become a little bit of a. I think they just want to put this season to bed, you know, and go again next year. So, which is a shame, really. But it's... yeah, I think I think they can still take a few positives from it. I think the the sort of uprising of Hunter Renfro has got to be one of them. Um, I mean that kid PPR wise, geez, he is racking up the points. Yeah, and then you know, there's, there's still the core of a, a decent team there. Um, yeah, obviously they're going to have to. What they've got to decide what they're going to do with new head coach position. You know, you've still got the likes of you know, Darren Waller in the team. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what moves they're making the off season. But for me, as an IDP game, there were just too many unknowns there to really make any. Yeah. You know, any well, we decided we. Did- we decided early on, didn't we, that we were going to do five each on the on this week as well because yeah. uh, it's just too much it's, for everyone to take in. Otherwise, yeah, playoff wise as well. There's 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 ones that we want to kind of concentrate and make sure we get you know get them get get them mentioned. So we're skipping that one. So going over yeah. to the Sunday games and Arizona at Detroit is one of yours. Yes. Right with that? Yeah, that's fine, mate. So cards at Lions. Um, both teams come into Sunday's game off. Uh, respective losses. 
Lions got rolled over. They're, hey, they're back to back to form. Uh, got rolled over by Denver, thirty-eight ten. The Cards, uh, which I didn't expect or predict, um, lost the big Monday night clash to the Rams. So, top week fourteen performers for the teams. Uh, Detroit linebacker Josh Woods um, had a very good game, uh, twenty-seven points, all tackles, and uh, DL um, Aleem McNeil. Um, 14 and a half points, including a sack. That was kind of it, really. I love uh, the, li- the Lions are just playing yeah. players that nobody's heard of a lot of the time. It's like, you're like, who's well, in that? the first, I mean, what we've, we've done what two get two and a bit games, and we're mentioning an awful this is just indicative of where the rosters are at the moment. I'm sitting there, got these are my own notes. I'm going, is that the right name? The, the is that main, actually, what, the person I'm just, meaning to talk about. Just to quickly digress, yeah, because it was like um, some running backs because obviously Swift was out, Williams was out. Um, So straight away there was, uh, I can't remember what his name is, there's a couple of running backs that we'd seen this year that people all went and snapped up, boom, wave a wire going crazy. And then uh, some guy, what's his name, Reynolds or whatever his name is, started to, Craig Reynolds, that was it, Craig Reynolds. I was like just bang, snap after snap and people going, What? You know, just, he's trending up now. <laughs> Neil Reynolds, younger brother. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, right. So, yeah, couple, nothing uh, apart from Josh Woods. Safety Will Harris for, for Detroit scored reasonably well, 13 points. Over to the cards. Um, uh, Jordan Phillips had a, a reasonable game, 16 and a half points, including a sack. Um, elsewhere in the DL, Zach Allen scored the same and a sack. Um Chandler Jones went for double figures, sort of 12 points. So nothing massive there. But, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of the matchup, and the, the, uh, there might be a few people listening going, well, you've skipped, you know, you're going to skip a few games. Why highlight this? Well, I know it's a lopsided matchup, um, but I, I'm, I'm looking at it from one of those IDP scenarios for me where, you know, I'd be loading up on the cards. You know, the, the, the Lions are, are sort of, you know, have indicated that, that They've just had that freak win against the Vikings, maybe. Um, and the win against the Vikings aside, you know, in week 13, this is still a poor Lions team. For, you know, it's an awful side. Um, the top two cards, DLs from last week's, uh, last week's performances, both on waivers. And for me, it's Zach Allen. If you are a little short at DL this week, and we're not going to bang on about it too much, I hope, but people are going to be short with the current state of play. Um <clears throat> He's got decent tackle numbers, three sacks off off just eleven games this season, um, and Jared Goff has gone for thirty two sacks this season. So um, you know there might be a bit of value, um, a bit of a punt on on sort of the DL there. A linebacker, you could take a waiver punt on the card fat leader Marcus Golden at the moment. You know, he's, he's um, 10 on the season. And again, he'll fancy his chances against his Lions offense. Um, and then, obviously, you've got your safe bets. You've got your tackle leader, sort of Jordan Hicks. Um, you know, you've got Chandler Jones with nine and a half sacks off 11 games. And at DB, you know, you've got your safeties, sort of Jalen Thompson with 94 tackles, but a Baker with 74. Um, <clears throat> from the corners, Byron Murphy, you know, someone we have mentioned before, um, he could be worth a waiver look this game. Um, four picks on the season, but Goff's interception numbers, to be fair to him, and I've mentioned it before, aren't that bad for for such a poor side. Um, so I'd probably be sticking with the, the safeties, you know, because they are they are sort of going to be involved. Good tackle numbers, as I said. For the Lions, I am actually, and this is 
possibly because of where everything is at the moment. I am actually going to pick out a couple of players for Detroit as fancy sort of, you know, rosters start to look a little banged up. COVID protocols seem to be, you know, <laughs> very much on the increase. Um, but, you know, also that in this matchup, the Lions D should have a busy day of it. You know, they are going to be on the field quite a bit. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, safety Will Harris um, is the Lions top tackling DB. Um Tracy Walker is out, um, still under COVID protocol. So Harris, you know, comes into this game as a tackle leader. But I would keep um, I would keep an eye on Walker close to the weekend. There seems to be a little bit of confusion from what I've read about when he's he's eligible to return, um, and if he's cleared, then he would be the first choice. But um, and they Lions players, they will be available. Um, also at linebacker, Lions top tackler. Um, uh, Alex Antoloni, um, you know, he's he's currently listed sort of day-to-day with an ankle knock. Um, word is he will play on Sunday. He's had a good season, to be fair, um, in a in a crap team, let's be honest. But, um, you know, he's been good for double figures. Well, I'm looking at the fantasy numbers. You know, he's been good for double figures in fantasy over sort of half his games. And again, you know, he should be a busy boy against his cards um, team on Sunday. But... Yeah, okay, it's a bit of a stretch, but yeah, I just thought as the season winds up, it'd just be nice to try and highlight a couple of Lions players. And uh, again, you know, people are going to be short going into the playoffs, as I said. Um, some of the games that the cards cards win it, really. But um, but yeah, there's there's a few out there on the waivers from from both sides, primarily the cards, to be honest. But um, um, but yeah, yeah. Thought, well, again, yeah, yeah, I've got yeah, obviously the cards. Um, and I agree with you on the big playability, uh, and that is <clears throat> that is where you got to look at it a little bit, especially if you're you made the playoffs. Um, you, you're up against somebody you're not expected to win, and you're looking at this kind of big playability. Sometimes it is that thing where you go, ah, I might as well. I could chuck him. I could chuck out. I don't know. Somebody's got a consistent tackle floor. And go go for Golden. Go, put put in Marcus Golden at linebacker or somebody like that, because you know he gets two or three sacks and he's he, he's he's into big figure. And it, it's one of those calls that it's difficult to make, but you know you might as well. Sometimes it's like if you're going to go down, go down fighting. You know what I mean? That's my that's my thing. Where when I look and then go, I'm I'm not I'm not going to if I just play it safe, I'm not going to win it. So I might as well just go sod it. You know what I mean? Justin Fields at QB. Sod it. No, I'm joking. Um, but but I'm just saying, you know, you you can you could make a big call like that, and then at least you've gone out and gone out of gamble. If it come off, boom, there you go. But yeah, something to bear in mind. So where am I? I am going Carolina at Buffalo. So start with the Panthers for me. Um, wasn't a great defensive performance by the Panthers in Week 14 against the Falcons. I watched this game twice. How sad is that? And it wasn't it wasn't any better the second time. Um, but and su- but it was surprising that for me that the Panthers they couldn't. It, it's not a bad run defense or, or stats wise it hasn't been too bad, and they couldn't stop Cordell Patterson, and they couldn't stop Mike Davis um, from running the ball. And then in the passing game they struggled with Carl Pitts and they struggled with Russell Gage at times. Because of this, I really worry for them against the Bills. Um, in Buffalo, I mean, you know, it's not it's not going to be pretty. Let's just go. So IDP points wise in week fourteen for the car um, for for the Panthers at at, at the Falcons. Um, 
the three players who scored well are three who will no doubt be on the radar in the offseason. They are Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin, and Big Derek Brown. Shaq Thompson, he scored 19.5 points with 11 tackles and a tackle for a loss. Shaq Thompson is a funny one. Um, slightly frustrating for me. Um, he has games, big games, absolute huge games, and then other games not. And in his position, you expect him to be a bit more consistent. I don't know whether, I don't know how, whether it's where you use him, but also he doesn't he doesn't fall into the same bracket as a Roquan Smith. But if you looked at his figures last year and the year before, he's in that same ballpark. So. It's a funny one, anyway. But I'm looking forward to ranking him next year, and we'll see. We'll see what what Murph and others have got to say about him and, and where they where they put him. But it's going to be interesting. So Shaq led the, had a good, had a good week. Jeremy Chin, he, he was the second top scorer. He scored 17 points with 13 tackles, which is great. 13 tackles, and he has been pretty consistent points wise since week six. Um. And again, another one that I'm looking forward to rank because he's about had a lot of conversations about uh, Chin. Didn't, he didn't he didn't start particularly well this year, and you know people were, uh, you know, people have gone people have gone in quite early on Jeremy Chin in in in, in drafts. But but to be fair, he's finished pretty well, and people should be pretty happy with what he's given them. Um, and up front, big Derek Brown. Obviously, he's not the top 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 man DL wise, but. Um, he had 16 points this week, and he got because he got to Matt Ryan twice. But in games where you know uh, that he's up against a weak front, you know, Derek Brown is an absolute monster. Um, so yeah, flipping it over to the Bills, and it was a, it was, it was a good game. It was a good game, the the Bucks game, um, and it was a hard fought fought out game, and they took it to the wire. But unfortunately for Bills fans, they just come up short. Last week, we predicted it. Uh, we predicted that IDP-wise, the linebackers will score well. <laughs> because we know that they have got a shite run defence, the Bills. I think I posted at one point during the night, I, my nan could score a rushing touchdown against them at the moment. It, it's just, it just infuriates me. It infuriates me, you know, the Jonathan Taylor thing, where they just let him score touchdown after touchdown. Didn't seem to make any adjustments. Whether they couldn't then that's fine. But that is kind of embarrassing that they couldn't sort of like at least slow him down slightly, but they didn't. And straight away, Fournette burst through him this week. Um, and they kept they kept gaining those yards that they just didn't want to give away. And for me, that was where the the, you know, the Bucks, you know, I know it went to the wire, but Josh Josh Allen had to, to run his ass off to do it. Um so I expect the Car- I expect Carolina to do this to use the same tactic because I mean anybody that is playing the Bills will be like run the ball first. But luckily for the Bills, there is no CMC who would have absolutely loved this matchup. But so you know <laughs> that is <laughs> that is quite incredible, really. That you know that that actually they're going to completely get away with it. But the big difference this week is the quality of the QB that the Bills are facing. Obviously, last week it was Tom Brady. And this week it's either Cam Newton, PJ Walker, both of them. Fuck knows what's going on. None of them. None of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. bizarre. I don't understand. The, I, I don't understand. The, <clears throat> I, I, what, the, the Dynasty pod 
um, last on uh, Tuesday night, um, the guys were saying the same thing. You know, that this swapping out of the QB, yeah, not I'm not sure I get it. No, Rich said it was something to do with um, two minute offense that Cam doesn't know it, but then yeah, he Walker come in and then for a pick, and you're like, oh yeah, he's he's got it nailed that fella. Anyway, but there you go. But but yeah, so so with that in mind, you got to bring the so last week against the the Bucks, you know about Brady. You know Brady's going to be, you know, well, it's just he's it's, it's just going to be Tom Brady. So this week is a different is a different story. So you've got to bring in their secondary and their pass rush. It's kind of goes kind of handed in hand in hand. I'm not massive on the Bills' pass rush, so probably concentrate on their secondary if you're looking at players. And there's a fair few to pick from: Mika Hyde, Jordan Poyer, usual fellow that you've got there. Um, but just looking at the Bills' IDP-wise in Week 14, we had Matt Milano had a cracking week. He top scored 23 points, which included nine tackles, tackle for a loss, and a sack. Um, and the other linebacker came second. That was Tremaine Edmonds. He had 12 tackles and pass defending, and he got 18 points. Uh, third was Jordan Poyer, who mentioned. Um, he put in 10 tackles, quality, and he contributed 16.5 points. I like the Bills D in this one, and it's a nailed-on victory for them against a, a confused and banged-up Packers team. I, so I've just seen that Sam Darnold might actually be might actually be playing. Oh fuck knows, I don't know. I, yeah, whatever. But does that make a difference? Probably not. I don't know. But there we go. But yeah, Bill Bills all day, and I do see some IDP defense, uh, some big defensive points potentially from the Bills. There we go. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know. We were we was we were really keen on this Panthers team coming into the, the season, and um, it, to say the wheels have come off well, um, and the, yeah, like you said, the, the QB thing is just it's a, it's yeah. a train wreck at the moment. I, I can't. I mean, Matt Rule's got to be gone soon. I don't think they just look absolutely rudderless at the moment. Um, and um, yeah, I'd be all in on the you know the Bills defensive players you've highlighted um the bills have got to win it really because there, there is a i mean it's it's an, i think it is a, one of the more nailed on wins this week because the panthers are just so poor at the moment um but uh yeah i mean what are they sort of seven seven and six at the moment so oh, i think um, so yeah yeah so it's um no they're, they're worse than that aren't they six and seven so it's six and eight so um but yeah anyway so bill yeah, Bills win. Um, it's a, a fairly easy just, call. Just, just as a side note for that, that something that I didn't mention was um, dynasty wise. Just having one eye on on the future. Um, have a look at like rookies, Greg Rousseau, if they're around. If you have got a chance to stash them, especially if you know if you haven't made the playoffs, have a little gander and see if you can stash some people if you're on dynasty IDP wise. Um, and corner JC Horn, who we know's missed. It's, a, it's been a shame he's missed out. This year, but he's um he's somebody that if he is around, I'd I'd, I'd put him in because obviously second season they really I feel they've missed him. I think I think he's yeah. going to be a big big part of their defense. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's sound. That's, um, okay. So I've got I was Houston at Jacksonville, but that's one of the ones I will skip. Um, I can't imagine so, why. <laughs> 
Why are we not I mean, covering the Texans Jags? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. He's probably, he's, but the thing is, is what makes me laugh about some of this. That could be, that can be some big points. Like, you know, you've got that, you've got the Josh, Josh Allen there. Yeah. Play him. Yeah. But rest of them, maybe the linebackers from the Texans, you know what they're like. They love racking up points, but not talking about him. It's boring. No, no, um, no. no. <laughs> yeah, that's fair right. Jets, so. Jets, Jets at Miami. Go on, bro. Right. Um, so the Jets at the Dolphins. Uh, Jets come in off the back of a uh, 30-9 loss to the Saints. But in light of recent news, I'm going to mention it again, um, I'd have a serious look this week at, at some of these Jets IDP players. Um I've, I've just double checked before we've we've come on just to make sure it's in the state of play, but it is you know it's, it's very fluid at the moment, as Nath mentioned in the intro. But COVID has ripped into this Miami running game. I mean, it's ripped <laughs> it to pieces. So at the moment, we've got Gaskin, Ahmed, and Philip Lindsay all on the COVID list. <laughs> yeah, and then that. if we were really stretching, Patrick Laird and Malcolm Brown are on IR. So at the moment, you've got five. Miami running backs in various states of just ineligibility. So I'd be looking at picking up um, if you, you know, if you can, I'd be looking at the secondary for the Jets, cornerback Bryce Hall. He's been a bit hit and miss this season, but Tua will have to throw it this weekend unless circumstances change. Um, also because of the way Tua plays, you know, a lot of shorter, his pass accuracy has been brilliant for the last, what, four weeks when he's played, you know, really sort of top notch, but it, the accuracy is good because there's lots of short conservative throws. Um, so, you know, the two main linebackers for the Jets have, have got to be a factor in this matchup. For me, CJ Mosley is top scored again on Sunday with 22 and a half points, all tackles, um, but he, he, he'll be rostered, but you, you know, play him in this game because he, he will be busy in the middle of that field. I would imagine with the way Miami are going to have to sort of match up. He should, however, be able to pick up uh, Quincy Williams. Um, he's got 82 tackles now on the year. You know, he's racked up 81 fantasy points in the last four weeks. Um, I think this is not, if you can pick him up, I think this is a, you know, and you're short on a linebacker, this would be an ideal week to pick up the likes of a, a Quincy Williams. Um, the Dolphins, um, <clears throat> coming in off the back of the bye, so there's no stats from the previous Sunday. Um, on the positive note for the Dolphins, I do like the matchup against Zach Williams, uh, Zach Williams, Zach Wilson. Um, I said to Nathan earlier, he, he looked again at the weekends like a bit of a deer in the headlights. I know he had a couple of receivers out, but it, it's, it's late in the season and the game still hasn't slowed down for this kid. Um, he's still, you know, not reading. He's, he's just trying to force it. It's, it's, he, it's just, it's all too quick for him at the moment. It all looks a bit panicked, a bit rushed. Um so, Wilson, on top of that, he took another three sacks on Sunday. That puts him at 28 for the season. So, cue Jalen Phillips, at DL. If you've got him after the two monster weeks before the bye, then I think this would be an ideal matchup for the likes of Jalen Phillips. On the waivers at DL, um, I do like Christian Wilkins in the matchup this week. Uh, 57 tackles and three sacks on the season. So, again, he can be a bit hit and miss, but it's... You know, if they can get in and, and sort of rattles out, then um, he could score reasonably well this week. Linebacker, same old, same old. Jerome Baker, no one else really gets a look in. Alandon Roberts might get the odd sack, but it's Jerome Baker or nothing. Uh, he's Miami's top tackler. But only just at the moment over safety, Eric Rowe, um, who is readily available on waivers. And he's a solid but unspectacular DB pickup. 
Um, but at DB this week, I think a lot of people, and I know my illustrious colleague there has already mentioned it before we came on, but I'd be taking a punt on Xavier Howard this week um, to add to his pick count this week. Uh, he is out on some waivers. Uh, because he's not had anything like the season he had last year, but he's still ranked number three corner on sleeper at the moment. Um, and he has scored consistently, you know, since week 10. So there's quite a bit to, to sort of choose from in this game. Um, but I would seriously be looking at, you know, a, you know the, the cornerback I've highlighted for, um, for the Jets. But in terms of the game summary, I mean, this is a big game for Miami. I mean, they've, they've got a chance to go seven and seven and, and stay in the hunts. Um, you know, I mentioned that it's, you know, it's a big game for the Bills as well, but I think they'll they'll win that one. Um, but it's going to need a big day from this Miami defense because they are so banged up on the on the run game. Dolphins win, I hope, but I've got a rather twitchy feeling going into this match on this Sunday. I've got. I've got a horrible feeling it might go a little bit pear-shaped. Um, but, um, yeah, so I've, I've got to lean with Miami, but um, we'll see. But there's 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 plenty to be looking at from an IDP perspective in the matchup, I think. Certainly yeah. is, mate. It certainly is. Like I said to you, yeah, it is an interesting one for me. Like I said to you about that kind of boom or bust idea we were talking about before. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, the uh, the start of the start of potentially your man, Zavin Howard. Um, it could be that kind of game, you know. This could be a winner. This could be the idea of of, of taking, you know, a tackle floor DB, you know, kick your Kenny Moore or whoever. I said it because it was that was the that was that was the player that I'd actually look in at dropping essentially yeah. for this one, um, and going for that that big play because a the matchup and just because it does, you know, that is that's, that's that performance where you're looking at you know a couple of picks and or not even a couple of picks just just yeah just that big play and yeah it could be there it looks it looks particularly tasty for me anyway but there we go. Um, so I have got Dallas at the Giants next. So let's go, let's go Cowboys first. Why not? Let's let's go, let's go big, go big or go home. Right. As Murph and Dan talked about on the flagship show on Monday night, the Cowboys D continues to be absolutely fantastic and is outplaying their offense. Who could have called it at the start of the season? None of us. Um, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn has been brilliant, and of and in Mika Parsons they have something special. I mean, I was high on Mika before the, st- at the start of the season, but not this high. I mean, come on, it's getting it's it's getting it's getting silly, and it? it's getting to the point of where you go, people are starting to compare him to, you know, Thomas Taylor and people like that. And you're like, you're like, hang on a minute, but 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 you look at it and go, so. Talking about that, I'm interested in the off season and seeing what people are going to be willing to pay and sell him for. Um, and I think it's going to be a hot topic of conversation about him. And there's going to be questions such as, is he going to get better and improve? If he is going to next season, what is his score going to be? Because where are you setting it? I mean, he's top scoring now. So what, what, what are we saying? Or do we feel that teams are going to double up on him? Meaning that a possible year two downturn. That's what the conversation. But anyway, we'll leave that for the off season. We'll leave that for the off season. But it's going to be fun talking about that. And we're going to do. I want to do that with a few of the rookies. Um, 
and a few players just generally talk it talk about what we think um their actual outlook's going to be but it's very interesting with Parsons anyway so going on to uh, going into week 14 Dallas beat Washington mainly due to their defensive performance and their turnovers Mika did top score with two more sacks and a massive force fumble it gave Dorrance Armstrong his IDP touchdown um and yeah, just set the game really. Uh, I've also got to mention Randy Gregory he had two massive plays during the game: a sack and a forced fumble, and then a great interception which changed the course of it. Um, partly, all of this I think it, it just helps that Demarcus Lawrence is back. It adds it adds to the impressive pass rush, but it adds another leader on the pitch, and that's what Dallas. Uh, especially last season, were absolutely crying out for leaders, defensive leaders, and now they seem to have bags of them. Um, and yeah, they're causing absolute havoc. So good luck, good luck, Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon, who, whoever the hell is going to be at QB. But God, you're going to need it, I think. So because if if the if it comes again, that Dallas pass rush, it's not like it did last week. Um, like poor old Taylor Heineke, but. Yeah, I think it's 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 going to be it's going to be big. But anyway, going over to the Giants, they lost the Chargers in Week 14. Defensively, they were pretty poor. The only decent performance was really coming from the young pass rusher Dexter Lawrence. He got to Herbert three times. He got himself a sack and he got himself some decent tackle numbers. Rookie Aziz Ojalari got himself a sack as well. So he's yeah, he's worth a mention. But that was pretty much it from the Giants. It just didn't really click for them and they got ripped apart in stages of the game. Um, but the Washington's top IDPs scored well, really well against Dallas. This is offense. And this is the weird thing with Dallas at the moment. Offensively, they're a bit risky. They can't quite get it together. They don't quite click. So there's hope for the Giants in this one. So, with that in mind, I probably wouldn't swerve any of the IDPs in this matchup, any any of the IDP stars, because, you know, you can kind of make a case for them all. Secondary at the Giants, secondary at Dallas, pass rush from both, both teams kind of in play, linebackers, yeah. But, yeah, so, so for me, yeah, I've got Dallas as a win, but I've got high-scoring IDP points on this game. This is the one. Uh, my prediction, actually, is for Parsons and Co. to get over four sacks in the game. But, yeah, looking forward to watching it. Can't wait. My top, well, not my top matchup game of the week, but my top, um, yeah, my top sort of IDP one, definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's a valid point, actually. I mean, I I think I mentioned it last week um, when we were talking about the Cowboys um, off the back of a, an interview that Zeke had given about this running game, not not clicking, him feeling that he needed to do more, same for you know, Pollard. And and I think that, that we saw that again at the weekend. Um, like you said, they are not solely, you know, by any stretch, you know, they're not solely reliant on that, that defense. They've still got Dak, they've still got weapons, but um, yeah, they've got to, they've got to sort this brand game out for me. Yeah, so Clement, Corey Clement. Now Corey Clement seems to be a backup running back because mm. yeah. was just Pollard out or was Pollard? I don't, I don't know. know. Gonna... I didn't. I, I did. He didn't. Um, I, I don't think he really featured at all at the weekend, did he? So... I don't think he was fit, Pollard. So I think no. Pollard was out. So I think it was Corey Clement as the backup. But he, be and he's done, he's done all right. 
yeah, but if they if they can get back if they can get Pollard back fit and get back to that, they had a, a, a few weeks earlier in the season where they they were using Zeke and Pollard and that, that and that one two sort of punch combo was working really really well. They were really causing teams a lot of problems. Um, I, I still think they've got too much for the Giants. I mean, I, I heard on one of the pods this morning um, that um, uh, judges said that um, uh, oh, Daniel Jones is going to go and see some other neck specialist apparently I think you can read into that he's probably done for the season if they're not happy with the ways this neck injury is at the moment and what four wins on the season they're probably just going to roll over and rest him now until until the off season why why take the risk that's assumed they're going to go with Daniel Jones again next season who knows um but uh yeah Cowboys Cowboys win the game but yeah I think it could be IDP wise, yeah, it's interesting. Because in, in, you're just about to skip the Washington Philly game, aren't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, with that in mind, just touching on some of the Washington players, because that's cool. But like Landon Collins was top, well, I was fourth top scorer last week. Uh, Cole Hogan was 12th overall. Um, and then we had. Jonathan Allen at 30th. So, I mean, you had you had three top, seriously top scorers, over 20 points um, in that Washington mm. de- defense. And that's interesting for what, you know, what the, what, what the Giants have got to take from it because they've got, they've got something there, the Giants. You know, they're, they're not a poor defense. Well, as a unit, as a whole, okay, they're missing some people at linebackers. Obviously, Martinez is out. But... Um, yeah, secondary is good. Up front's not bad. And you look at it and go, yeah, there's some points to be had here for them. Yeah, the, I mean, the Giants' D has definitely looked better, I would say, within the last sort of four to, to six weeks. Um, I noticed it, obviously, watching the um, the game against Miami. And, um, you know, they, they, they'll make it hard work for a lot of teams. Um, I mean, you know, they you were really to... poor last week. They were really poor last week, but I just think it might have been a bit of an off week. And hmm. But the... They've got to look at it. There's there, there's some serious chance here, I think, for some points for some points, and they're going to have to play well defensively mm. because they won't. You know, I, I don't. I think they're going to struggle scoring consistently and not turning the ball o- over against against this Dallas D. Yeah, no, it's um, and I mean, Nate makes a valid point about Washington, and I was a little bit torn as to whether to pick it as as one to again to gloss over a little bit. The main reason I did it. I'm still, I still we do know like the top Washington players. defense. Yeah. So again, Nathan to touch on sort of the three you can probably highlight. The reason I've skipped it was primarily because of Philly. I've been back and forth with Philly all season, and they're just too they're, they're so hit and miss. Yeah. Um, and see, you know, you want a, a safe pick. See a TJ Edwards, or, or you know, that that's kind of where I'd I'd be at. Um, you know, looking at sort of that that sort of linebacker position. Nothing else really in that Philly team that I'd be rolling the dice on in this matchup. Um, and the not Washington week, offense, not on week fifteen. No, and the, the Washington offense, it, it's it's a bit like watching a Sherman tank. You know, they will sort of grind away at it. They will use the tight ends quite heavily, um, as we've touched on. So, yeah, there, there are some safe IDP bets there, um, more so from the Washington perspective. Philly, a bit like I said with the Browns, just a little too erratic when the D's good as it has mm. been too infrequently. Yeah. But you're rolling the dice a little bit. We with have the got, Eagles, I think we have got excited about him a few times, haven't we? 
Yeah, and then they've blown up the following week. <laughs> so what can you do? Um, so, yeah, I am going to gloss over that. So um, do you want me to go to the Bengals-Broncos game? So the one, so you have Washington-Philly, you skip that. I had Tennessee at Pittsburgh. I'm going to skip that one. Um, uh, I just mentioned the Steelers' run defense was absolutely awful against the Vikings. So, yeah, start the Titans running backs. Um, I fancy Titans win on the road, but that's that's kind of all I'm going to really go for on it. It's a it's a funny kind of game for me. It's not a particularly great win. Um, Big Ben did get sacked five times though, so so Harold Landry's start for me in in all formats, absolutely lock on start. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. It's it's probably. Maybe with the exception of the the Texans Jags game, uh, although as we said that could be fun, not very technically good, but it could be fun. Um, this is about the only game on the list that I'm looking at. Going, I'm not really invested in it. Or I can, yeah, you know, it's yeah, just can't can't get too sort of enthused about that to be honest. So, okay, um, right, moving on to what I am looking forward to actually, and this is. I think for me, this is Nate's already picked his. I think with you know the IDP matchups, this is the one for me. Bengals at the Broncos. This is the one I'm highlighting as my sort of IDP game of the week. Um, so Broncos week 14 um, beat up a bit on the Lions. Bengals lost uh, in overtime to the Niners to floss for them 26 to 23. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. So the result leaves both teams seven and six and still very much in the mix in their respective divisions. Looking at the top uh, week 14 performers, starting with the Bengals, uh, DB Von Bell had one of his sort of um, best weekends of the season with 21 and a half points. Um, and then at DL, we had uh, Larry Okunjobi uh, with 19 and a half points, including a sack. Um, and at the DB position, we had uh, Chidobi Awuzi on 18 points. Moving over to the Broncos, um, DL Dremont Jones was someone, I think I mentioned him last week. Um, and he had just a monster week 14, 31 and a half points, um, including two sacks. DB Justin Simmons had another decent game, 17 and a half points, um, including another pick that takes him to five on the season. The matchup, I, as I've just said, I think this is a great IDP matchup. Um, first of all, you've got Teddy Bridgewater um, for the Broncos, been sacked 29 times this season. And against this sack happy Bengals defense, it could be, they could have a bit of a, a day of it. Um, so, hmm. For our sack numbers for the Bengals this season, you've got Trey Hendrickson, 12 and a half, Sam Hubbard, seven and a half. Then you've got uh, Larry Okunjobi and BJ Hill, who someone not really mentioned, but they both got five and a half apiece on the season. Um, the that's two the full tack- front, that is. That's the full front. Pretty, that is it. Yeah, that is that it. Is the, sort of the, that's kind of pretty the much the standard front four, isn't it? They're the ones mm-hmm. that see all the snaps. So the two tackles I've just mentioned are both readily available. Um, Okunjobi, I mentioned already, but BJ Hill um, had 15 and a half points on Sunday as well. So he's coming off the back of a decent performance. Um, moving back from the DL, uh, top tackle, Logan Wilson may make a return, but I don't. I think that's one of those day-to-day things. Don't be surprised if they do save him, actually, because they've got a crunch week 16 game against the Ravens. Um, so if you do have Wilson on your roster, I would be keeping an eye on it. Then you've got the safeties uh, for the Bengals, Von Bell, Jesse Bates. 
who sits second and third on the Bengals tackle chart. Um, so again, they're both solid DB starts if you've got them. Moving over to the Broncos, I think you've got to be starting um, Pat Sertain at DB this week, um, or if not, if you've got him, safety Justin Simmons. I've banged on about the Broncos secondary a bit this season. Well, this is the game they've been waiting for. I mean, Sertain has four picks this season. Sim- Simmons has five. Joe Burrow currently sits top of the pick chart with Trevor Lawrence. And I would probably bet vital parts of my anatomy he adds to that on Sunday against his secondary. Um, I'm also going to recommend taking a waiver punt this week on DL Dramont Jones, who I mentioned as one of the, the standouts for last week. And I did mention him last week as well, um, coming into the week 14. Not just because of his 31 and a half points on Sunday, but he's currently the Broncos sack leader as well on, on five and a half for the season. And not only is Joe Burrow currently top of the pick list, he is now head and shoulders, number one, above everyone else on the sack chart, 41 times um, Burrow's been stuffed now. Um, so, you know, it's a good week, I would say, you know, against this, in this matchup to slot Jones in if you do need someone at, at DL. So lots to sort of take in. Um, I think there are, there are definitely some, some IDP sort of picked up and there are some tried and tested players if you've got them on the roster. I think this is a good matchup for them. Um, because I think there will be sacks in the game. I think there will be picks in the game. In terms of the game summary, um, I, I seem to keep picking the Bengals, and every time I do, they let me down. So I'm actually going to go with the Broncos this weekend. Um, but I just think for me, the and I'm not doing it just out of petulance, I just think at the moment, Bengals just turn the ball over way too, I mean, too too cheaply and too frequently. Yeah. Of late. Um, and that would be a big, big concern to me, because they're still very much in that hunt in the division. But... Um, um, I, th- I think the Broncos secondary come to play this weekend, and um, I think the, I think Burrow might struggle. Yeah, so, I, agree, I agree with you. I think I've been watching Denver quite closely, and they're quite regimental in what they do and the way they go about their work. And it's like with Cincinnati, it's just like you said with Burrow, it's very much boom or bust kind of mentality with him constantly, where it's it's either a brilliant play or or damn right ugly. It's none of that middle ground kind of stuff. I know people say Mixon's a bit banged up and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, to me, it's it, this is, yeah, well, we'll wait and see. But yeah, if Denver play the way they have been, I feel that they should they should have that one in the bag. So for me, I've got next, I've got Atlanta at the 49ers. So Falcons at the Niners. Uh, I've got Falcons first. As I mentioned, watch that bloody game twice. Um, good win against the Panthers in week 14. I was impressed by the defensive adjustments by Atlanta after the early Cam Newton touchdown. But they made them quickly. Um, then they started to get some pressure on it on, on Cam. Um, they stopped the run. And then the linebacker, Mikhail Walker, um, he picked Cam off uh, for a defensive TD. And it sort of changed it. Uh, after that, um, Walker didn't, but Mikhail Walker is—he he doesn't play a lot of snaps, and he's not really um, fantasy relevant. So, so somebody I wouldn't talk about, but somebody I would is AJ Terrell, and I'm a big fan of his. Um, he is—I uh, when they picked him up, it was a bit of an eye opener when when they took him. They took him um, quite high up in the draft. Um, 
not last season, season four. Um, and uh, when Terrell was was picked, it did raise a few eyebrows, um, and mainly because he's quite an aggressive um, DB. Um, we were worried about his pass interference calls and stuff like that going against him. But he he seems to be getting better. He's a, he's he's just a decent corner really he's got he's got decent coverage ability and he's one of those players that he, he can when he goes off i think he can rack up some points um so yeah uh he, where was i um it was poor quarterback play though that really um sorry i missed a bit there where was i aj Terrell, oh aj Terrell, yeah when he picked because aj Terrell picked off pj walker before half time and he put he put the falcons 10 points up um, it, it put the Falcons 10 points up out of the half and it was poor QB play that really contributed to the actual win um, for the Falcons in week 14. Um, again, you know, the, the Panthers were up to all sorts. Um, and they were, but, but this week the Falcons will face a different test. Definitely. Um, the top ID people, Point scorers in week 14 for the Falcons. Dante Fowler, who's currently questionable though, he scored 22.5 points, which included three tackles for a loss and a sack. Uh, and um, rookie DB AJ Terrell, who got three pass defended and an interception. Um, and those two, those two particularly are two guys that I do like. So if the Falcons matchup is good, they are two guys that um that, that I would definitely look at. Um, even even though they're not been massive scorers this week. Um, this year, they they can have good weeks. Um, over to the Niners. Now the Niners game, I absolutely love the aggression and intensity from the 49ers D from the get go. They were all over the Bengals early on. Rattled they like you've just mentioned about Joe Burrow. They rattled him. They got to him. They caused trouble. And in linebacker Al Shahir. They have potentially a new star alongside Fred Warner. Um, the be- the, I just 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 laughed at my notes because I just remembered. I've, if anybody watches, watch that game again if you get chance. Bang it on Game Pass. Watch the first half of it. The Bengals special teams had an absolute dreadful first half. Every. They cocked up absolutely everything and it contributed massively to the results. Um, but I like the I like the 49ers, both sides of the ball actually in this game. Um, and it's good to watch for the neutral. It was it was good to watch watch for the neutral um last week as well. 26-23 overtime win um was particularly great. Points wise for the 49ers in week 14, it looked like this, and they were big. I mean, 35 points for Aziz Al-Shahir at linebacker. He included 11 tackles and he was absolutely everywhere. 24 points from star defensive end Nick Bosa and 19.5 points from Quan Williams, who I bang on about pretty much every week because I really like him. But secondary-wise, I also like... I like Jimmy Ward. I like I like um, Tart as well. He's crazy. Oh, Jackie's Tart. He, he's absolutely... He comes bombing in from all angles and... Um, yeah, he's going to injure somebody soon. Um, but but yeah, as uh, as an IDP player, Quan Williams is the man that I would pick up out of them. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Uh, where am I in the Titans stats wise? Uh, I like and fancy the Niners in this one. Um, 
especially if Elijah Mitchell is is back at running back. Um, uh, look for Ayuk against Ayuk um, versus AJ Terrell in the, as a matchup. I think that would be decent to watch. Um, I don't see massive sack points, but maybe Nick Bosa get into Matt Ryan. Bosa's racking. He, he's still racking up the sacks, mind quietly just doing his business like he would do. Um, but it's a good game. I'm looking forward to that one. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, I think the Falcons deserve a bit of a shout simply because we've been. I, I know a lot of you know they have come in for a lot of criticism, but just looking at it of late, you know they're they're still. Maybe this says a bit more about the the NFC sort of wild card hunt. I don't know, but they are still in the hunt. And when you consider what they've got to play with at the moment. It's actually I've, I've, you've got to give them a bit of credit, I think, because obviously they lost Jones. They've got the Ridley situation. You know they're having to make do with, you know, the, the Swiss Army knife, old Cordroy Patterson, and and you know what else? I mean Gage and and that's you go. How, how are they still in this hunt? You know and okay, I know a lot of that comes down to you know the old gunslinger, you know, Mister Ryan, but um, you know and the, the D's not been terrible of late, so. Yeah, just I just thought they deserved a bit of a, a bit do. of a mention because they, they, you know, they have been sort of, you know, they're, they're still there all. They're a, they're somehow. a weird somehow. <laughs> I agree. I, they're a, they're a weird one, the Falcons. I, you'd like you wouldn't want to play them. No, but you just think, is it? Yeah, but then if they get into the playoffs, is it? Because we saw some teams get into the playoffs last. I mean, Washington went in and he went okay, and they came. Actually, they came good, you know, for for a game or so in the postseason. But you know, you've seen teams like the Bears sort of limp into the playoffs of late and gone. Oh, they're just taking up a bit of space. But yeah, I I, I think that's. I'd, I'd rather see the Falcons than last year's Bears in the playoffs by any stretch. But um, oh yeah, yeah, just um. But yeah, I think it. I think it could. That could be one of the the, the real fun games this weekend, actually. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Right, where are we in the running order, mate? After I've rumbled uh, on about the um, the Falcons, you've got Green Bay at Baltimore, and you're going to skip it. Yeah, just very, and I, I will keep it brief. Um, the, the Packers, you know, you know, you've you've got your sort of trying to test the players for for Green Bay. Um, I've I've said it before. I've tried to make a case for for, for the Ravens uh, from an IDP perspective, and I I just can't do it anymore because I think the team as a whole have got some big problems, um, and it's not just on defense either. I think the offense have got some some issues as well, and they've got a really tough running. Um, I think they've got the the I know they've got the Rams and a couple of other sort of tough games in the in the last sort of. Um, certainly yeah. the last three fixtures. Um, so the, I just don't see a great deal of value. Um, haven't done all season. The problem used to, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, the Ravens D seems to be just good enough to get Jackson on the field and get that offense going, but that offense isn't going at the moment. So I think this could be a, not a cakewalk, but I think it will, I think the Packers win this. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I've struggled to find anything really to, to talk about too much from an IDP perspective and in the matchup. Yeah. Um, so where does that leave us? So my, I'm skipping one and probably a shocker. The one I'm skipping is Seattle at the Rams. Um, I will mention Aaron Donald had an absolute stormer of a week. Um, Ernest Jones, rookie, rookie linebacker playing really well. 
Um, seems to have got the got the main job and really like him. Um, Seattle, we kind of pretty much know the big names there, so I'm not going to go on too much about that. But as for a matchup, oof, um, it's got to be the Rams and. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, it's a tough one to call this kind of that kind of game um, because obviously Russell Russell Wilson might do something. If he does do something, then I still think the Rams are going to be too strong and still will be able to deal with it. Um, it's going to be interesting. This the the running game from um, Seattle talking offensively shouldn't be really, but there we go. Um, but but yeah, the you know Russell Penny if he's got the job. Then let's see it. Let's see how he goes. But against the Rams, it's going to be tough anyway. What a if he has got the job? Be like, can you wait a week? Um, there you go. So yeah, go yeah. on, Brian. You've got Saints at Saints at Tampa. Yeah, my last one for this week. So uh, yeah, Saints at the Bucks. So both teams coming off a uh, win on Sunday. Saints over the the Jets. Uh, Bucks with that uh, that big overtime win over the Bills. Um, Bucks are now ten and three, and you might argue in another week that they'd be sort of relaxing. But I don't see it against you know not as not against a, a divisional rival. Um, Bucks top performers against the Bills, no great surprises. Um, it's the, the usual suspects: uh, Devon White top scored twenty seven points, Shaq Barrett twenty and a half, Levante David thirteen. Um, as uh, same for Antoine Winfield. Looking at the Saints, uh, their top scorer, Con Alexander. Um, who I don't think we've mentioned a huge amount this season. Um, mm. 21 points, couple of sacks. So one of his better games on the season. Mario Davis, who's someone I have mentioned before, had 18 points. Carl uh, Granderson, who I definitely haven't mentioned before, um, had a reasonable game as well. It can't have been that good. I've forgotten to write the numbers down. Um, I know he was the, the third highest scorer for him in the season. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but the matchup could be, it could be entertaining. Um, I expect it. It could be quite an attritional game, to be honest. Um, I can see both teams sort of looking to run the ball. The Bucks, because of the partly because of the form uh, Lenny Fournette's in at the moment. Um, I think the Saints will run the ball because Kamara's fit again, and their quarterback cannot throw very well to his own team. Get um, it running there. So, get it running. Oh yeah, no, his his points are good. <laughs> his points are very good. Um, that's why I've stuck him in as my one of my flex in. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, but also, I mean, whilst I regard these as possibly two of the best run defenses in the league, I think both teams could look at their current sort of um, the current defensive form of the, the opposition going into this. Uh, the Bucks are ranked third against the rush um, on the season, averaging uh, 90, just over 91 yards. But their last three, that has dropped quite significantly um, to over 130 yards on the game. Saints, similarly, but not as bad. They still, you know, they're still ranked sixth against the, the run, averaging 95 on the season, but that's dropped to um, over 110 in the last three games as well. So if it's panning out to be sort of a tough ground-heavy divisional clash, then I'd be playing safe and I'm starting to look at the tackle numbers on the you know the players um, involved. So for the Saints, that means uh, linebacker Demario Davis, 
safeties, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams. Um, you're unlikely to find Davis and Jenkins on too many waivers, but I did find Marcus Williams on a couple. Um, so he might be worth a look. I did mention him before and, and we haven't mentioned him in much this season. Quan Alexander is floating around on a few if you've got a hole to plug at LB. Uh, to be fair, he has racked up nearly 80 fantasy points since week 10. So his numbers mm. have been trending, you know, well of late. Um, uh, look, moving over to the Bucks, um, it's it's the linebackers, um, unsurprisingly. Devon White, 110 tackles on the season. Levante Davis, um, uh, he's a bit behind him, 86 tackles on the season, but he's played two fewer games, to be fair. And I think I'd, I would include, I've been on and off with him a bit this season, but I would include uh, sack leader Shaq Barrett. Um, you know, he's picked up sort of nine sacks in 13 games. Um, and Antoine Winfield, uh, safety, you know, his tackle numbers are still, you know, he's still one of the best tackling safeties in the league. So, um, you know, that's assumed that it, it's, it pans out. I mean, it, the Bucks have got the option to throw it. Um, but I think... I, I just I can see this being like I say a bit of a a bit of a slugfest, a bit of a battle. Um, so I'd be looking at that, you know, that sort of the middle of the part, the linebackers. Um, game summary: I think the Bucks win it. Um, I think they're just they're just going through the gears at the moment. I get that. I think everyone gets that that feeling with the Bucks at the moment. Um, preparation for the postseason. Um, and as I say, they've, if, if the grand game, you know, isn't quite working, you know, if, if the Saints can shut Fournette down, then, you know, the Bucks have got far better passing options with Brady and, and co. Um, so, um, so yeah, I'll take the Bucks to win the game. Yeah, same here. It's just, just on. But it should be, should be a good game. I think it'll be a good game as well. I agree. I think it will be. Um, but I just feel, I just feel Tampa just destroy them, but with just, just the just the weapons that they've got, and they just seem to all be in form. Mike Evans scored a cracking touchdown. Godwin's going off points wise this moment in time, and like you said, Fournette's doing the business. So it it all plays it all plays into it. But you know what this season's like? Probably be probably be the Saints win. But there we go. Anyway, right for me, final Monday night. Oh, I've lost my page. Lost me page, but it doesn't matter because I know all about this one. They've stuck your lot on prime time again. Oh, that, that's not a good thing for us. But anyway, <laughs> okay. So I'm getting a bit of feedback again on the bloody microphone, but I'll just crack on anyway. Right, Vikings for us, big win, big defensive performance. Um, great for the neutral again. Shit for my heart. It's just. The defence have made some massive plays in that one. Eric Kendricks at the heart of it. 11 tackles, two tackles for a loss and a sack. Um, and it was one of five sacks that Big Ben got got on Thursday night. Um, Harrison Smith, he had himself a night. He got a sack. And Anthony Barr is back um, and tackling well. Barr is the one that I want to highlight. And he's probably available. For me, he's he's a good one in this matchup. This is absolutely cracking for him because you're talking the Bears um, and you're talking heavy dose of running the ball. And this is this this is where it is. So so yeah, Anthony Barr, I'm expecting to be there or thereabouts as the top scorer. Obviously you've got Kendricks in front of him, but um yeah, he's in the mix. 
I'm not interested in the, the Vikings corners or the defensive line here, but as I said, have a look at Barr. Um, yeah, as I said, it was a big win, big performance. Um, I think there's a huge change that's happened. Big Michael Pierce, you can't miss him. If you watch the Vikings game back, um, yeah, massive guy up front for us and he is making a bit of a difference straight away we missed him last year which spent the whole of the season on IR um, after we signed him from the Ravens um, yeah and straight away he got he actually got himself a sack I think uh, Tomlinson might have as well um, alongside no it wasn't Tomlinson it was the other other chap but yeah it's um, yeah the, the Vikings are the defensively I heard somebody actually asked me the question earlier about about playing Justin Fields this week because the matchup looked particularly good against the Vikings. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'd have probably said, yeah, this, I'm not so sure now. I'm not so sure. I thought we looked quite aggressive at front and quite, um, I don't know, just in tune, put it that way. Just something just felt right. You know, as a, as a fan, when you're watching your team, you go, we look better. We feel better. It feels better. feels like everybody's rushing it like at the same time. The plays are ready. Everybody's at the line at the right time. All that kind of stuff, you know, where you start to get in sync. And that's what it felt like. So, well, we'll wait and see. It'll probably all go tits up this week. But there we go. Anyway, um, over to the Bears. <laughs> over to the Bears. Um, it was a tough loss to the Packers in um, in week 14. But there was positive things to take from, a IDP, um, from an IDP perspective, especially. Um, We've been saying it for the past few weeks. It's not just Roquan Smith. Um, we should be talking about Robert Quinn. He's had himself pretty much four great weeks um, on the banks. And it, it's, it, he's a he's available. You've got to snap him up. I doubt he is, to be honest. But 7.5 sacks in the last week, here, um, last in the last four weeks, and he's averaging over three tackles a game Me- means that, you know, that sort of safe fish flaws kind of there, you know, you can get out of him. Um, and obviously if he gets a couple of sacks as well, boom, you're, 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 you're in the mix. Um, and it's a good matchup this week uh, against Kirk. So expect a decent score. He's got 14 sacks on the season. Um, uh, where are we? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, Eddie Jackson at safety. He had at least uh, he's had at least eight tackles in his past three games, so he's a safe option plugging a gap at DB. And RT Burns is, at DB is one to keep an eye on. He's an outside pick, but in, in really real deeper leads. But for me, it's all about Rookon Smith, Robert Quinn, and Eddie Jackson. When you talk about the Bears, um, over to the matchup itself. I don't I don't like the matchup for us. I never do when we play the Bears very much. Um the Bears loss to 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 Rogers and the Packers will be you know it'll hurt um and it'll be the perfect bounce back game for them. But like I said I, d- I felt some clicks up defensively up front, so maybe but Vikings are massively inconsistent. That's what you've got to look at. And, and Fields played quite well. It was good to see. I've got Fields in quite a few leagues. Um, so I quite liked that side of it, the rushing side of things from him. It is, it is impressive to see. I mean, if it, if it clicks and he's got a decent O-line in front of him, I think the, the, guy's, the guy's potentially a top four, top five QB. Um, 
uh, sorry, top 12 QB, not top four, top five, come on. Um, but, but definitely a QB one um, to consider for next year. Um, the Bears got nothing to lose. Oh, sorry. I'm sort of struggling on what, what I've written down, but I'm going to go Vikings. As as I like it up front, that's that's the thing. IDP wise, I like the matchup, and I feel there's points to be had at linebacker. I, fa- I fancy the big big points um, as running running the ball for both teams are going to be priority. Um, yeah, and the Jeff the Jefferson workload will probably play into the tackle floor for Eddie Jackson, as I mentioned earlier. I expect it to be a tight affair, yeah, and yeah, just us. But I think it, I think it's going to be tight. I'm not surprisingly. Who would have thought? <laughs> Fucking tight game. The Vikings are in first first of the season for him. Um, yeah, I I I, I do agree. I am gonna I am gonna plan for the Vikings, um, and I think there might just be like you said, things do seem to be sort of coming together. And maybe it's just been a case of there have been that many sort of tight games that games, certainly in the first sort of three or four weeks, games they didn't really deserve to lose, but they, they did. Um, you know, very tight overtime affairs and you know, last kicks and stuff like that. I just think maybe things might just sort of click into place just at the right time. They've left it late, but yeah, um, as you yeah. say, tough matchup. But I, I think just- off the back of last week, I think they didn't come into it with a lot of positives. So I think uh, if we if we're against an elite QB that can throw the ball, say uh, Justin Herbert, I don't think we stand a chance at this moment in time because I just don't yeah. think the corners, the secondary is good enough. But against Justin Fields, I don't think that that's the area of the field where you know he's at his strongest. So you know you're talking about keeping it tight through the middle, and I think we're pretty good in that area. So yeah. if they can't do that. Uh, can the Bears score enough to stop? Because we will score. At the end of the day, oh, that's yeah. what we do. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. To be fair, I don't know what we do. Some some of the weeks I've looked back and gone, what the... You know what I mean? Prediction-wise, it's load of crap. I just... Yeah, I hate... I, well, I seem to review us every week and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And I usually get it wrong. But there we go. Well, I mean, I've, I've yeah, I mean, I, I hated the first half of the season covering off the Dolphins. The last last seven weeks have been all right, actually, funny enough. But <laughs> the wheels are going to come off, and I've got I've got an awful feeling about this Jets game. I really do, but we'll see. Yeah, well, that's that's it. That's us done for the Week 15 matchups. Um, so good luck in your playoff in toilet bowl matchups, whatever you're thank in. You, Remember, thank you. yes, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Remember to have one eye on week sixteen if you're in, um, if you're in, if you're in or not in the playoffs, and you fancy uh, you fancy your chances. Um, keep 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 one eye on the on the week sixteen. Keep one eye on on next season as well if you're in dynasty leagues. Um, I'm off to check my lineups for the hundredth time. And yeah, well, I was going to say, but keeping an eye on things. I mean, for God's sake, I'd, I'd be looking at that roster every every half an hour because it's it's, it's going to change by the weekend boys and girls if you guarantee it yeah it's, it's absolutely crazy but yeah good luck everybody and you just got to keep keep plugging away and good things are happening and you'll get those ships um, like I said tune in to all the other five yard shows and we will see you next week and remember guys keep rushing
can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.